and welcome to the Former Athlete, a podcast exploring the other side of sports, the feeling it is to walk away from sports, the mental state, the physical aspects of it. With me today for my second episode, I have former University of Southern California receiver, Chris Kalk. Chris, thank you for joining. Grant, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So Chris and I... um, the way this happened is I've put out one episode before this, and as I was working out at the gym, I get a follow request. Not even a follow request. I get a follow on the podcast page, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder who this is. And then I click on it. I'm like, former USC alum. I'm like, what the heck? I was like, how on earth does someone who go goes to USC find my podcast page with 94 followers on it? <laughs> And and so then Chris and I talk, and I'm like, dude, how on earth did you find this? And he goes, oh, I just looked up former athlete podcasts, and yours is the only thing that came up. I'm like, what the heck? So it was pretty funny. Uh, but Chris, yeah, it was it was great, great. Like I think it's a great name too, former athlete podcast, because obviously podcast is super kind of on the up right now, and the name I just thought, okay. I'm a former athlete, former athlete podcast, you know, one plus one equals two. Right. So that's kind of how I came across it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's perfect. And the idea I had for this, I kind of looked it up and did a bunch of research first. I'm like, I don't think this is really a thing because, you know, there's plenty of sports mm-hmm. podcasts out there, but there's nothing talking about like, okay, so now you're done with sports. Now what? You know? And yeah. I feel like that's a that's a pretty wide margin of people who kind of feel that in a way of like trying to find identity or trying to um, just overcome the at times depressive state of not being an athlete anymore. So yeah, I think Absolutely. it's a huge margin. So, but Chris, dude, yeah. great to have you. And just tell me, tell the tell the audience a little bit about who you are. So originally, I'm from San Diego. Uh, grew up there beautiful place um you know uh always loved sc i was always an sc nut my dad went to usc went to the film school so this kind of desire to go and play ball at sc and especially go to sc was something that i've always always wanted to do and one of my oldest pictures of me as a kid was probably when i was like three or four months old and my dad was reading the newspaper it was the la times sports page and it was me, like no bigger than like a foot, just sitting there reading the sports page with him. And it's a USC after having won the Rose Bowl or UCLA, one of the big games that made the front page. So I was sitting there reading it and looking at it with him. Right. But pro- yeah, prior to football, really, I mean, football is kind of a late development in my life. I'd always love football and I specifically love just catching passes, just whether it be in the front yard, in the corner of my parents' bedroom when my dad would throw them up to me and mock 50-50 balls. But prior to that, it was always baseball. Baseball was always my sport of choice, and I wow. still love baseball. Yeah. Baseball is baseball. I mean, my brother still plays baseball, and I, I really do love the sport. Yeah. But like I said, football was a late development for me. Huh. So how did it, how did it transfer from – because most people, even myself, as – a young baseball player, it was like, man, I want to, I want to be in the MLB, you know, I want to be a, I want to be a baseball player when I grow up, you know, and 
Uh-huh. You know, obviously, yeah. as you get older, that dream kind of dies out. But I mean, for you who played baseball for a pretty good amount of time, how did it go from, you know, playing baseball as a primary sport to now want to go to college and play football? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, so, I mean, the only real time I ever played organized football prior to high school was like parochial league flag football. And I wasn't even Catholic, Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, the good high school at that time was a Catholic high school for sports. Huh. So and it kind of led me there. And like I said, baseball is what I wanted to do. And that's what I wanted to inevitably go to college for, and then maybe play in the show one day. But it all kind of started, this whole football journey started back in 2015, actually. It was a junior year, and prior to that, I was like, okay, I'm going to varsity after varsity, you know, just kind of work my way in there, go play at the right club, do this and do that, and then put myself in the best position to make that team and then, you know, let the cards fall, fall as they may. Sure. But February 24th, 2015, I got cut from the uh, baseball team, the varsity baseball team, and I Grant, I'll tell you what, like that was the real most, like the biggest form of adversity I had ever faced in my life. Like truly in it would only continue to go down that way for a little bit. Yeah. And I call those like the time of like testing. And, you know, I was really at the end of it, I began to sign Jesus through that way. Yeah. But through, it was that time where I like, okay, I kind of took the adage of adversity introduces a man to himself. So after having gotten cut and being like really, really sad about it, I started going into the gym at that high school every day, just continued down that path, just working out relentlessly. And I thought to myself, there's just no way they're going to cut me next year. Yeah. There's just no way. So as that path kind of continued next two months, three months after that, I saw some of the football kids walking back in after spring practice. And I don't know if it's like a sense of just like masculinity or like, aggressiveness like saying like damn i could do that like yeah. they're no bigger than me i can do that for sure right and i always love catching passes so i thought to myself like why, why don't i try it yeah like i never really played like tackle football before i never played pop warner when i was a kid but i, I could do that there's no way i, I if i put my mind to something i know i can do it sure. so one day i was in spanish class i reached out to the football coach and i tell him hey coach my name's chris blah blah, blah. i'm this height this weight I want to play football. Then he hits me back by the end of that class and says, Hey, Chris, come talk to me after school and we'll talk about it. So he said, he said, Hey, coach, me llamo Chris since he was in Spanish class. Yeah. He's getting his reps in in the yeah. classroom, too. Oh, yeah. Student athlete. Of course, of course. But yeah. So um, I meet with him after school and he tells me, So there's summer workouts. And then after summer workouts, you go into fall camp. So I go, Great. And at that point, I, I was really late joining the football process. Like most kids are already recruited at that point. Right. And it was, it was real. I was really behind the eight ball. And I still sustain that the percentages, like as it continued of me playing at SC, were as close to like zero as they could get. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and you'll, and, yeah. Well, cause most people, like when they're going into like a senior year or junior to senior year, it's like they already know the playbook they've been in the system for so long it's like mm-hmm. you know it was it was a pretty small margin even at my really small high school of kids who were playing senior varsity and weren't with the with the same group you know their freshman year 
you know, they grew up with the, with the same guys playing under the same coaches. But but anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah, do it. So to continue that down that road, I got to summer workouts and real everyone was kind of confused why I was there. Sure, like all the kids. I I've spoken to one kid whom I played baseball with, and he gave me the first gear that I had. He gave me the shirt and then the shorts. And I was out there wearing baseball turf shoes, running, running around and stuff yeah. like that. And, um, but dude, as summer workouts went on, I really began to love this thing. Like I, I got, whoa, I, this one, this is going great. You know, yeah. doing one-on-ones, doing working out and never really worked out like that in my, really in my life. So, and then started like doing sprints and everything. As you know, you kind of get your feel and then you get your sea legs and then you can start to compete a little bit. And then you start to win some reps and it gets addicting. Oh yeah. And, good. um, yeah, and then so that goes by. Everything kind of goes well with that. And then spring, uh, no, sorry, summer finishes. And then as fall camp starts, everything's kind of moving forward too. They have me playing some wide receiver. I still have no idea what the playbook is because I didn't really get it until like September. Yeah. So I was just kind of after every rep I was, or after every huddle, I'd be like, yo, to the quarterback, yo, JD, what, what am I running? What am I doing? Yeah. And then, yeah. So after that, I was kind of just moving down that moving down that route. I was playing defensive end too, and I'll I'll tell you this: defensive end is a really fun position. Yeah, I love that position. Anyway, so in our first game, before our first real game, it was like they had a scrimmage against two different teams, and <clears throat> so <laughs> this is this is wild. But um, so, anyways, I'm getting reps at receiver, getting reps at the end, having a great time. Uh-huh. But towards the end of the game, I'm playing receiver, and I have this deep post route. So I run a post, yada, yada. Next thing you know, the ball doesn't come to me, but then it hits the tight end on the seam route. And as the tight end's running, I see the field safety starting to close in on him. So I just kind of kick it into high gear, go see if I can get this guy a touchdown by blocking this dude. Yeah. Result of the play was a touchdown for him, but I went up, hit him, he saw me, we locked up, and then I pivoted off my left knee and then Long story short, my ACL tore <laughs> in the first game, my first game. Ugh. And and I go over to the trainer, and the trainer does all these tests on me. She goes, oh, yeah, you probably have a quad, inj- quad injury. And I'm, okay. Um, can, really we, uh, can we be training. a little specific on that? Or, uh... Yeah. She goes, yeah, you have, a, you have a possible quad injury. That's yeah. what it looks like. And then I'm like, okay. So I wake up the next day, and my knee is – so sore it is so purple and i it was just a, it was a real effort to just get down the stairs right i'd have to be on one leg and then just kind of hop down there do that do the and hobble then, holding on to both sides yeah deal. but the funny part is like i go to film the next morning and i'm just like there's my knees there's something wrong with this thing but anyway so it turns out i get confirmed it was a full acl tear and Jeez. i'm like shit <laughs> What do I, what, what is that? Like, what does this mean now? Right. I mean, I was still trying to play baseball in the spring, but the doctor I went to at the time said, look, if you want to rehab this, you're going to have to get surgery anyway. So if you want to rehab it and do what you can, go for it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, perfect. I'll just continue to, continue to do that. So I did that for about four months, five months, and then senior night comes around. And then my doctor said, Chris, you can theoretically suit up and, play if you want and i'm like okay yeah. let's do it let's yeah, do it i'd love to you know yeah so i go in 
and I'm supposed to suit up the night, the week before senior night, but the trainer says, I didn't clear you, but your doctor did. So therefore it doesn't matter. Mm. And I was like, are you freaking serious? And I was getting all sorts of shit in the, in the training room at that point too. Like it, it from not from necessarily from the trainers, but from my teammates at that point. Time yeah. too. It was, I remember it very clearly, but um, anyway, senior night rolls around and I get the opportunity to get some snaps. And when I got out there, I, I swear like it, that night really, really set forth the course, although it didn't get serious for a year or so, two years, mm. it, it, that set the course for my time at SC. Like yeah. it set the course from like, okay, I can't give this up. Right. I can't stop playing. I, like I can't be done because when I got out onto that field, it felt like I was just surrounded by an orb of just, of just the lights creating this kind of arena. And you can't see into the stands. You, it was really just, it was amazing. Like, yeah. It was, whether it be psychological or like the nature of how the lights were. Right. It was just myself and the guy in front of me. And I'll tell you what, it was, it, it changed me that night. And then my brother came up to me after the game and he goes, Chris, dude, you looked really good out there. Like you just looked like you belonged. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. But the problem was I got into this one play. And whether it be five or six, like, cumulative plays throughout that game, I went in, I run this route. It was like a one-step slant. And the quarterback throws it well behind me. And I'm trying to go back for one hand. And I plant off that same knee. Yeah. And I feel like a in my knee. Gosh. And I was like, oh. So I had to come out of the game. And it turns out that that was, that was the play that tore my meniscus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So ACL meniscus gone within the course of like five months. Man. Anyway, but that point I was like so so like devastated. Yeah. But I was also like, what do I do now? Right. I mean, because I wanted to play, I wanted to play baseball in the spring, and the idea of wanting to play at SC. All the kids on my high school team after that season were like, "There's no way you're playing at SC." They right. invite guys to walk on, yada yada yada, and they were giving me all sorts of shit about it, and. I was like, look, they're not wrong. Like, they're not wrong, but I, they didn't. They saw me where I was, and I saw myself where I could be. Sure. You know, and that's one of the things I think, whether it be irrational or just the obsessive nature of some people, like, they know, they don't look at themselves where they are. They look at themselves where they can be. Yeah. I saw myself as a USC receiver. I wasn't at that point yet. My reality just hadn't caught up to it yet. Yeah, yeah. It's, but, um, it's Well, it's a total so, mindset thing because – I mean, anyone in their right mind who suffers two injuries like that within that short a time of each other, it's like, you know, it's game over. It's game over for yeah. for some people like it, that. And most was, people are like, yeah, yeah they kind of accept that. So to, to kind of have that um, that mindset and that drive is is pretty, you know, as an athlete to a, to another athlete, like it's it's admirable because I don't know if yeah. I I was almost accepting defeat because I went through an ankle injury. Finally came back, played a game, got into a head-on car accident. Texted my cool. coach and was like, "Hey man, like I'm done for the season. Like I'm just, I'm done. Like I got concussion. My knees are awful. All this stuff." And then, damn, actually wound up finishing the season, um, way out of shape, but still finished the season nonetheless. But yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a a, a mental thing, a hundred percent more than it is a physical Absolutely. at that point. Completely, dude. It's like the marathon thing, like. Just make sure you cross the line and at the time it takes. It doesn't matter what 
you know, where your stage is. You just got to keep going. Right. You right. Know? But, um, it, it, like the story kind of gets a lot more wild from there too, because it kind of gets more developed. So <laughs> the way that it like transpired, I tried to try out for baseball, but they didn't let me for, I don't really even remember the reason, but they said, Chris, we're not even gonna let you try out. Yeah. And at that point I was, I was devastated too. Yeah. I was, that really, that was, a, dude, that was the writing on the wall for baseball. And I just remember being in my car and driving in San Diego and thinking to myself, shit, am I done with organized sports? Right. Like, am I done with that? And I actually started crying. Like I really started crying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge it was, part. Dude, it, it, it really hit me differently. It really set me like, and kind of at that point, a lot of adversity in my life and hardship in a few different senses of the word really began like at that, at their Genesis. And it kind of developed through yeah. that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of enduring the storm. And, but a few weeks after that, I got, I got denied by USC at a high school in like February. Okay. And I think it was like in April, USC reached out to me and said, Hey, look, you're not, you didn't get in for the spring or for the fall, but if you want to do what's called a Trojan transfer plan and go to junior college or go to Europe for a year, and go and get above a certain GPA, then you're, then you'll be in the, uh, in the fall of the following year. And I said, absolutely. Grades aren't an issue for me. I'll knock it out. And next thing you know, I'll be playing, I'll be at USC. So, so I go and I'm like, okay, perfect. I'm going to go to SC. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be awesome. And then we'll see, we'll see where the chips fall. Like we'll see how I, we'll see where I'm at like mindset wise physically and then we'll go from there yeah so i kind of go with that mindset in doing this kind of stuff and i get surgery my first surgery on my knee in august of 2016 and after that i was like okay i can't go to europe and there were a couple other feasibility issues <laughs> to suffice it to say that prevented me from going to europe whether it be in the fall or in the spring um but so i decided to go to santa monica college which is a junior college out here. And I'll shoot dude. that looking back on it. Like that was a really good school. Yeah. <laughs> like the teachers were really good. Like, and I think junior college get a really bad rap. I don't know why, but like, if you want to grow as a person on top of growing as an ath- like an academic, and even some people go there for athletics and stuff like that too, to continue t- chasing their dreams. I went there for a year and I absolutely like looking back, I was like, that was a great year. Oh yeah. But, I was, I was at community college for two years actually. And I was there. Yeah. I went there for two too. Yeah. yeah, I was there for, for sports, for, for basketball at first. And I mean, it had helped sharpen my skills so much. I mean, the coach that I had, like he, I had him as a summer coach for, for basketball in high school. And he kind of cool. knew the things that made me tick. He knew the things that could kind of get me fired up. So he could kind of mm-hmm. sit down with me and be like, I know what you're capable of because I've seen it out of you. So now I need that again at an even higher capacity. And just through a lot there of conversations go. and through him just knowing how I work, um, it was a really unique experience. Uh-huh. And after my first season at community college, I had, I think, 17 schools looking at me after that uh, and a good nice. handful of them being Division One schools. So it was like, wow, like I can do this. Mm-hmm. But then I didn't. But. Dude, that's a, yeah, no, but <laughs> that's the thing, dude. Like, it, it, 
junior college really, really, you grow so much as an individual. In my two years of going there, I, I grew exponentially. And I look back on the person that I was, whether it be in high school, freshman, or even beginning of my sophomore year. Yeah. I look back and like, damn, I detest who I was. Like, I really don't like what I was. Like, I was, I was really into partying. Mm-hmm. I go out, whether it be house parties or like getting into clubs. Like, I, I look back on who I was. And I was just like, damn, dude, what are you doing? Like, you, why? Like, there's no reason to. Right, right. Like, get, get, get serious. But the only, the only way I would have figured that out had all this adversity not happened. I, I have no idea. Only God knows. But that's the thing. Like, I needed to, I needed to get checked completely. Yeah. I needed to have a complete gut check. And I needed to realize, okay, you need to quit effing around and get serious about your life, your academics, yeah. and your sports. And actually, do it through how I found my faith, too. And we'll, we can go into that in a little bit. But um, right after, dude, I was Santa Monica, what happened, like, you know, it felt, <laughs> for all the Bible nuts listening, there are certain times where I felt like Job over the course of those two years. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So, like, it just felt like one thing after another. Yeah, yeah. It was just like bad thing after <laughs> yeah. bad thing after bad thing. Yeah, it just felt like a test. But um, the way I found this faith is when we were kind of having some like issues around here, at around the house. And there, my dad had a study Bible from his first film that he made. And it was about a pastor. And I remember just looking at it. And just, it was on the table I'm currently looking at right now. And thick Bible about this thick gold pages. Yeah. And up until that point, I had known who Jesus was. Like I'd known Jesus. I didn't know, like have a relationship with him though. So I look at this Bible. I actually felt something in my stomach, like in my gut, just my heart of heart telling me, dude, do it, read it. And I said to myself, one day I'm going to read that whole thing. Yeah. And then one day I was like, we're moving out of here. We, I pick it up and then movers were in and out. I'm like, you know what? Today's the day. I'm going to read it. And having gone to Catholic school for six years prior, mm. you would think that you have a fair, fairly cohesive and comprehensive understanding of the word. I Google, where does the story of Jesus begin? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, had, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. But, um, so I Google it and it takes me to the Gospels. And every day since that point, I've read the word. Yeah. And it hasn't gone more than 36 hours without it. Now I read four chapters a day. But um, I started out with two at that point. Yeah. So, and after that, it was, it was a real blessing. Like, it was a real blessing because I endured some of these hard times. Like, right after that, within a few months, I got denied by USC my second time. And now I bet people are thinking, how is that possible? You had church and transfer. Right. Like, you got above the GPA. I had, cumulatively, I had a 3.9 coming out of Santa Monica. And I even sent my classes to the person at SC. I mm. said, yo. Um, here are my classes. Can you please verify these for me? Right. And he said, yeah, your classes look good. That's that. So I get it. The letter from SC that says you don't get in. Mm. And I was like, what? Yeah. How what, is that possible? What was, what was the, what was the mental state? Like what was the, what was the feeling after getting that second rejection letter? Despair. Yeah. I was floored. For starters, I was shocked. But I, for some reason, I don't know why, but I was like, there's always that seed of doubt, whether it be in the sure thing, whether, you know, it, it, there's always a seed of doubt somewhere, whether that be through this, like your inherent skepticism as a person yeah, yeah. or just, you know, I, I don't know why, but I, you always have a seed of doubt. I'm like there's just, it seems like almost too good to be true in certain sense. Right. 
So getting, looking at that letter, I was just, yeah, what, like, and I thought to myself, okay, maybe this is what God's telling me to do. So I can open it up beyond SC. Like maybe this is what it is, but so, and then I appealed obviously because I was like, look, my, this counselor told me I was all set. And I look back on it now. It's just, and I, I have adopted this principle called extreme ownership. It's a book written by Jocko Willing. Mm. And the basis of it is like, no matter what you do or whatever happens in your life, you are in some way responsible. Yeah. Like I could have led somebody like the, the principles of obviously about like the guys at Navy SEAL. And he said, if, something bad happens, whether we lose a battle or we're out of ammo, it's my responsibility in certain sense to have prevented that. Right. So I kind of took that mentality like a few months after I was like, you know what, this is my fault. Like I, I could have verified it better. There's something more I could have done. Granted, I think there's a certain level of culpability that the guy had, but I'm not blaming or anything like that. It's yeah. my fault at the end of the day. Anyway, so I appeal, get denied again. So the real part of my hardship became right after that. And I don't know if I'm at a point where I really want to like divulge all of the details that happened within that next, those six months or so like six or seven months that following that USC rejection. But that was when I really, really felt like Job. This felt like one thing after another, whether it be family, emotional, I guess financial too, for sure that kind of stuff. Like I just felt really, really it's one thing after the other. Yeah. And I don't want to say like I was in a state of like depression, but I just felt so, so, so sad. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Like distraught is a good word. Yeah, for sure. And I felt, I just felt it in my innermost. Like, When am I going to get a break? Yeah. When am I going to get a break? So, but you know, like, those kind of things like really, really set you up for who you are because I definitely have this chip on my shoulder now and this edge of whether it be just through not having a whole lot of people to talk to, the people who you were talking to as friends, like kind of bailing on you and not really being there for you. Sure. And God sets you apart sometimes with only him. So that way you see that he's the only one you need. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I'm very, very much like an, extroverted introvert meaning like for the people who are really close yeah yeah so i'm a i'm for the people who like i really consider like close family i'm very much outgoing i speak like hey do you want to go do this kind of stuff but for the people who i really don't talk to i'm very much like not in not really like going out of my way to reach out to them anymore sure like or reach out to those kind of people but I, I think it just comes from having those kind of times where you only recognize the people who are actually really there for you. Yeah. Like people who actually would go out of their way to like, Hey Chris, do you want to come do this with me? Yeah. Like, no doubt. Or, or someone who like thinks of me when they didn't have to. And to, like, I still think like those are the most impactful things to me. Yeah. Like, cause look, you don't have to invite somebody to dinner, but it's a nice thought of someone, you know, when you do invite somebody. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, to those, I really don't go, like, I'm not really a social person. I'm very much introverted. Yeah. And I'm, I prefer it that way. I mean, I've always kind of been that way, but it really took to this point to understand, like, this is kind of who I am. Sure. And through those kind of struggles, it really opened me up and thinking to myself, like, whoa, 
oh sheesh like i really don't have anybody yeah except for like my brother my parents and really at that point it was just us and then god yeah and that really just set me up and my life began to turn around in november of 2017 my mom had gotten this job with one of some nice la jolla families as a personal chef and she went out to colorado with them so and i flew out there once and i had just remember flying into Denver and just getting out there. The sun was setting right over the Rockies and it was snowing out. Yeah. And I was just, my eyes were like silver dollars. I had really hadn't traveled much up until that point. Sure. Like whether it be through feasibility, just of baseball or whatever it was, you know, but I just remember getting there. I'm like, Whoa, this is snow. This is awesome. I, I had really never been in that. Yeah. So I, after it was the alternative, like it was only a $40 flight too. LAX to Denver was like, 40, like two hours and two and a half hours on the United flight and you're there. Yeah. So I remember just getting there. It's like, okay, life's beginning to turn around. And it was great. And I got really actually began to get serious about football there too. Cause there was this field at CU Boulder. It was just a recreational field. Yeah. And during the winter, it would be covered in snow. Mm. And I would sit there in that snow and I would draw agility, agility ladders in the snow because I didn't have an agility ladder at yeah. that point. And I draw those like little octagons. You do footwork drills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I do that. And then even my brother would throw to me when he was there. And when he wasn't there, I would just do either speed work, like run as fast as I could get endurance up. Cause obviously the Rocky mountains are like 5,200 feet up. Right. But, um, so, and then there were a couple times where I remember pretending like I was on kickoff team and I'd throw the ball all the way to the other end of the field and pretend like I was covering a kickoff, dive, tap, pretend to tackle the guy, scoop and score. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah, so that was where I actually really began to get serious. And it was really, a, really a blessing. I was like, whoa, this is really cool. I can I can do this. Like, I, I can do this. I started following all the accounts. Like, okay, that post uh, agility stuff, uh, receiver factory being one of them. Yeah. And then when I got back to San Diego, I decided, okay, I'm going to do my last semester online at Mesa in San Diego, which is a junior college. Mm-hmm. And so right at, right around that time, we were getting, my mom was moving in, I was moving in with my mom and she had this apartment in San Diego too, that we, my brother and myself moved into with her. But right end of January, 2018, that's when I stopped drinking. Like I, I never, I haven't drank since. Like I don't, I just decided to go completely straight edge. I, I feel like I'm a better person when I don't drink. Yeah. I like who I am when I don't. And I think that the main reason was I was at a party from one of our friends at the time. And I remember like drinking a lot, but not to a certain degree. I hadn't had, I hadn't like, I had more before if that makes sense. Right. But I remember getting out of the car back at the, uh, the, um, the place we were staying and just being violently, violently like dizzy. And going and spending the rest of the night in that bathroom, dude. And it was like, it was terrible. And I was like, dude, get your shit together, man. Like thinking to myself, like, do you think this is what's going to get you to USC? Right. Like, do you think that this is going to be the way that you, who's already well behind the eight ball, the door is like firmly closed, dude. Like, do you think this is really going to get you the relentless effort that's going to get you to play receiver at USC? Yeah. Like, and it was a real kind of like come to Jesus moment. And anyways, from there, I stopped drinking. And right after that, I DM this coach 
named Brett Swain. He's a receiver coach in San Diego. And I highly, highly recommend this guy. And he is one of the reasons why I was able to take my game from where it was into the level where I needed to be. Sure. So I started working with him like three, four times a week and then was able to join this gym in San Diego too. And I was there all the time. So from the time I was finishing or beginning that first semester of the time I like got out, I put on like 30 pounds. I went to 225, um, got there. And then in about June or July of 2018, I got accepted to USC. Nice. And I was there with my dad and my brother and I was just elated. It was like the first time in like really like three years where I'd really had like something like super, super happy happen. Yeah. And it was really awesome. Oh yeah. And I, I was so excited. I could imagine it being just, totally euphoric experience to where it's like you know i mean starting at the beginning of your story where it's you're you know one years old and you're looking at an article of usc and then fast forwarding all the way to now you're there now you're there you're yeah. you're walking onto the field you know i mean i can i yeah that'd be yeah, like for it me was, dude, it was a letter yeah like i opened that letter and i was like or my dad opened it on his laptop i was like I finally got to USC. Yeah, yeah, like you made it. Because, dude, I, I was, I remember looking at, I remember looking at other schools too. And I applied to some schools and I got in, but I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, uh, I just knew that I, I had something more. Yeah. Like I knew that I could go to, I knew I could get to USC. Yeah. I knew if I continued down that road, I would get in. And I think the fact I got denied three times <laughs> was the fact that, it's almost the embodiment of the word, the phrase fight on, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like continue to pervade even in those darker, more desolate situations. And it was, it was really just, just amazing at that point. And my mindset just went sheer elation, like you said. Yeah. And I, I remember this being so happy, but the real battle hadn't even started yet. <laughs> how, how am I going to get in to the ironclad? Right padlocked gates of one of the most historically successful programs in college football history. Right. Yeah. How am I going to do that? So look, I, I knew that I could compete. Like all I know is that I, if I put myself in the best possible position, make up the ground that I lost, get into a physical position where I could just get a possibility of trying out. Yeah. That's all I needed. That's literally all I needed. And I was working so hard to get there for the, sheer just millimeter of an opportunity that's all i would need yeah and i said that the entire time all i need is an opportunity mm -hmm. so bottom like i get so through somebody my dad knew i got i got the guys uh one of the people who worked at sd in the football program he said look the guy who we got it from he said look I can get you this number, but other than that, I can't do anything for you. Yeah. Like everything you do is like completely up to you. There's nothing I can do. I'm like, look, all you need to do is give me this, give me an opportunity and believe me. Yeah. I will make it happen. So I text the guy, I call, I exchange phone, like exchange calls, didn't get in touch with him. But then I called the guy or I text him when I was up there for orientation and I go, Hey, I'm Chris. I left you that message the other day any shot that I could come by and we could talk about this. And he goes, sure. 
And I said, okay, perfect. I'm be out there in like an hour. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't want to waste any time yeah. with that. Yeah. So I go in, I meet with him and he goes, so fall's kind of off the table because at that point it was like August. It's like, dude, season starts in like a month. How are you going to, like, we're not like the doors closed. Right. Like, but for spring you could get invited for a walk on. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So I took that. I was all stoked about it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, spring's going to be my thing. So I could develop within the next four months, get to that point, and then be ready to go in spring. That's my opportunity. Yeah. Little did I know, about two weeks later, I get a text from EZ. He's one of the guys who used to work at SC. Um, hey, Chris, you still want to walk on, right? I'm like, of course I want to walk on. Uh, Let's keep yeah. going. I talked to Alex, but I'm in the spring. But what, what do you have in mind? And he goes, so get all this paperwork done for me. And then come see me after. Get your physical done. Get all that stuff done. I'm like, okay. So I get all that done over the next few days. Go see this, get a physical. And then next thing you know, he goes, okay, turn this into me on Friday. Excuse me. And I go into his office on Friday. I get in. I follow somebody in through the McKay Center. Excuse me. Sorry. And uh, I hand him this paperwork. He goes, okay, don't leave the city. <laughs> don't leave the city. And I'm like, okay. So. About an hour later, he texts me. He's like, "You're, we're ready to rock. You're trying out today at 5.30. <laughs> and basically, it said, okay, dude, here's your shot. Prove you can hang. Right. And, I, and I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And I was I was ready to ride. Like, I was so happy. Let's, I'm like, let's go. So I go back to my apartment. Thank goodness none of my roommates were there. So I turn off all the lights, throw my beats on, and get ready to go. I get into this major, like, this zone. What, what, Anyways, what song? What was the first song you threw on? As you were getting ready, probably "Dreams and Nightmares" by Meek Mill. <laughs> okay, yeah. And the funny part about that song is, too, every time before we'd leave for the go out onto the field, like before every game, that would be the song that would come on right away in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But um, so yeah, so I make my trek from my apartment at the time over to the SD practice field, thinking to myself, like, "Holy cow." I'm really about to try out this, for yeah, like, like, this, this is, is my opportunity. Yeah. So I'm walking over there. I get on, I knock on the big metal gate. And then the security guy goes, what's up? I go, I'm try to, I'm here to try out. And so I get out there and then there are a couple other people out there who I was trying out like with. Yeah. And they brought us all on all three of us. Like one of my friends, Grant, I was at dinner with him the other, the other day. And he went to De La Salle, their kid named Peter went to Jay Sarah with big, um, school in orange county for football so i go and i tell them like yeah we introduce ourselves or whatever and then i walk or like walk away from them and think to myself these mother are not going to be the ones stand in front of me from the culmination of all the shit that i took from the kids i grew up with high school all the stuff and all the work that i put in are not going to be stopped by these two you know mm. and I'm, I'm trying to be like keep my expletive to a limit like to limit but like that, those were the authentic words going through my head. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. So anyways, I warm up, we get all, everything all squared away. So they take us through agility drills, bag drills, and then start running routes. And I thought to myself, okay, if I can put myself in the position where out of all, out of all three of us, if I can put myself in the position where they can see like, okay, out of anybody they're bringing on, they're bringing me on, I'd be straight. Yeah. So I work out, do my, do my workout. <laughs> and they said okay dude we're gonna let you know in three days and 
the worst part was the longest three days it was, of your life. It, it was Labor Day weekend. Yeah. It was Labor Day weekend. And if I'm sitting there, going, I went down to San Diego. My dad and I drove down to San Diego. I met my brother down there. So sit down there. said, we're going to let you know on Sunday. So we drive down, talk to my mom, talk to my brother. I'm like, look, I, I think that if they're going to bring anybody on, they bring me on. Yeah. So look, I didn't play as nearly as well as I know I could, but it was mm-hmm. just, it was just one of those things. I'm like, okay, look, I played well. Like yeah. I, I ran my routes well. I caught my passes, did that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, anyway, so Sunday comes and goes, no word. <laughs> and I'm sitting there just stressed out this entire weekend. Oh and yeah. Sunday was just, it was the worst. It was the worst. So anyways, Monday comes around and I drive up to Orange County. Cause my brother was going to school at uh, Santa Ana at that point playing baseball there. And he didn't have a house yet, so he was staying at a hotel. So we all meet at the hotel, and we all decide to get in my dad's car, and we decide to drive to this drive-through Mexican place. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, still waiting for this guy to text me. And I'm sitting in the back seat of my dad's car. <laughs> I'm gonna bring tears, my, tears to my eyes to think about. <laughs> but, uh, so at 7:42 p.m., I get a bar, a bar notice, like right above right above like whatever Instagram thing I was like looking at uh-huh. before I could even think twice. I touched it. Yeah. And <laughs> Holy cow. And, um, <laughs> I look at it and it says, Chris, we finally able to connect with coach. We want to welcome you to the team. And dude, I don't think you realize like the sheer joy that I had. Oh, I, can, I, can I got out tell. of the car, started, started running up and down the drive through and uh, just going absolutely bananas about it. And I thought to myself, I did this. I proved everybody wrong, and I did it for myself. And praise God that it happened. Yeah. Praise God that it happened. Yeah, no, I mean, it's literally like you hear a lot of people talk about like, oh, yeah, my childhood's dream was always to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it's like for you, it's like your childhood dream was to play football at USC. And then at that yep. moment, it's like, boom, there it is, you know. Yeah, seriously, dude. It was it – was, it was such a blessing, and I loved every second that I had at USC. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it was hard because, like, obviously, like, it's just a level. Like, okay, I graduated to a new level. What, yeah. You know, I create, but it was just such a blessing, dude. And I got to be around some, some really awesome people, and we can talk more, like, details about it, but a lot, I have some friends in the NFL now, dude. Like, I've met some great friends who I'll work with, and, like, I, it, it was really one of the best and most rewarding experiences of my life. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So, yeah. So yeah, that was that story. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. And, and so, so you ended up playing for, um, it was a, a season, two, se- oh, two seasons, two yeah. seasons. So I, yeah. So I transferred in two years in to my college experience and yeah. then I was, gonna go in for my third but then COVID happened mm. so COVID shut everything down spring ball and that was right after my second surgery um yeah so I got surgery in January of 2019 or 2020 and then spring ball half started like on March 11th and then March 13th spring ball got canceled yeah because obviously because of COVID right but um yeah so at that point, I was I was still fully committed to going. I was like, all right, I'm going to use this time. I'm going to develop. I started working with this guy in San Diego. Um, 
and I was all about it. Like yeah. I was living in LA, but I drive down to see him, go, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it was awesome because I really did enjoy like the COVID time because it was, I got to develop like in a different space. Mm-hmm. Like I got to go and kind of, I, I got to like really get clear, like, okay, my goal is like, I want to be on like the travel roster every week. I want to like, get some reps on special teams. I'm like, I reached out to my coach. And I was like, okay, like this is my plan. And the plan, the coach who's, uh, who I was referring to is, uh, Carrie Colbert at, yes, at, um, at the, the receiver coach. I absolutely love that guy. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome coach. If anybody who has like the opportunity to go play receiver at SC and be coached by Casey, I highly suggest it. He is one of the best coaches on that staff for sure. I might, I might look and, into it. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's a really cool guy. My, my, my um, six foot nine stature might head on out to California to see if I can't try my hand. Yeah, I got one year of college <laughs> eligibility left. I might as well use it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, he got he got really clear. Like, yo, write down your goals, like what you want to do, and here's the path that you're gonna ha- like it's gonna happen. It's like go, and then we kind of just moved in that direction. I was like, all right, that everything's moving forward. Sure, but um this kind of opportunity started happening during COVID. We started this entertainment company, which I'm currently involved with now. And it's the reason why I actually walked away from my last year, started building this entertainment company, great stuff based on some really awesome kind of principles. And it just kind of developed over the course of COVID. And it kind of became the thing is like, how are we going to be able to do something with this time? Yeah. You know, and it, it, it just, we created something really awesome. And as that continued to develop, it got more and more taxing. Not, I don't want to say taxing because it was a, it was a joy to do. And I woke up every morning, like awesome. Like I get to do this, but um, it became more involved and I became more occupied with it. And my time became more and more invested. Yeah. So what I would do is I would have what I'd be doing, working with spreadsheets, you know, pitch deck, phone calls, that kind of stuff. And I'd be learning this kind of area. Sure. So, but in fall, the time came when I really thought in my heart of hearts, I had to make a choice. Yeah. Like I really had to make a choice because I thought like, okay, look, I could play my last season at SC or I could miss a lot of progress that I would have been making with this company, whether just through be through knowledge or whether it be through something that I hadn't been able to see yet, yeah. you know, or just like being, having your foot in the door, so to speak. Right. So I pray about it and I got clear about, look, I, I really can't miss this opportunity. So there's just no way I can do it. But it came to the point where I, like I told coach Helton, I called him and I said, coach, look, I've got this really awesome opportunity. Like I really can't miss it. And he said, Bubba, I'm so proud of you. You're always a Trojan football alumni and you owe me tickets to the premiere as a result. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, coach, I got you. I got yeah. you. Yeah. And, um, but right after that, that kind of situation, like me doing that kind of led into another opportunity down in South Florida that I'm going to be going to coming up, but, uh, in the real estate world too. Cause I really do love real estate. Like I really do. That's a real passion of mine. But, um, yeah, like as I walked away from the team, I really didn't even have any second thoughts. Like it was, it was something that was like, shoot, man, I'm up every morning loving what I do. Yeah. 
hearing this kind of stuff, like, like it really kind of like tapped that vein, so to speak. Sure. Like you're re- like you're ready to go. Like you're all about it. And I just thought to myself, whoa, like I'm this is awesome. Yeah, it's great. So, but inevitably, as time would progress and then the development stage of the company, there was a time that I call the p- time of patience. Yeah, and it really, it really like got me to the stage I'm at now. But my like involvement wasn't required as much because it was a different stage, and excuse me, all the things that I had done were to set this stage up. Yeah. Like whether they'd be working on decks, what spreadsheets, that kind of stuff. So I got to that point and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Yeah. So it came to that in that time of that most athletes have right after it. Right. Was delayed by like four months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's kind of where I think that we could talk about this a little bit. Cause yeah. like, it's, each person's experience different. His experience is different, and I got to the point where, like, okay, I'm gonna take this time. I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna like see if I can like relax. That lasted for about a day. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> always does. Like, that's the thing, dude. My motor runs super fast, so I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, okay, maybe I'll take a ball. Maybe I'll go surfing. But then I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm not really doing shit. Yeah, <laughs> my hands. I'm sitting on my hands, and I'm. Like, well, and I, like I really began, and and I and I it, think that's it. that's the way that athletes are wired too. Is like you're so used to your set schedule of like class, workouts, practice, or games or whatever, and so it's just constant go 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 go. And then mm-hmm. once it finally does end, and then you kind of, you know, cross off your to do list. You're sitting there, and you're like. I'm supposed to be doing something like I'm supposed to be at practice or yeah. I need to be doing workouts. Or I need to be doing, you know, running or something. And it's like, it's just that mental feeling of like, I have to be busy. I have to be busy. And it's mm-hmm. so hard to make that adjustment to being content with just like relax mm-hmm. or, yeah. or shifting it to, you know, I know when we spoke the other day talking about like even just reading, you know, spending that time reading or, you know, maybe it is taking mm-hmm. up a new hobby, but it's like we always feel like we have to be doing something instead of just sitting still. Yeah, dude, that's like it's very true because, like, whether it be through athletes being more high performance than general population, or yeah. whether it be some people like wired just a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but what I can tell you is that me sitting and not getting better on like if you evaluate things at like a balance sheet level asset versus liability and you put your time to that test too, and if you're just sitting there just shooting the shit, not doing a whole lot during the day, mm. watching TikTok, yada, yada, yada. And you're just sitting there just like wasting time. You're not getting any better. Right. Right. So in that time I was sitting there, I go see my girlfriend and she's an athlete too. She uh, plays volleyball up in Oregon. Um, but I go up and see her and it'd be, it helped me a little bit because I'd like be able to see someone I truly care about. Yeah, yeah. And, but even when I was up there and she'd be doing her stuff and I would still have these feelings like I'm not doing anything right now, dude. Right. Like I'm not getting any better. And somebody out there is coming. who's working harder than I am at that moment is getting better than I am. And I could not sit in my own, in my own head and let that happen. Right. Like I actually couldn't like it actually like repulsed me. So like I just really got into this development era of self improvement. Like they used to call it personal 
success, but now they call it personal development for whatever reason. But self-improvement is this, this field that I've ventured into. I mean, I've been watching a lot of videos from people whom I admire. Um, I've been reading a lot of books who so have people I think are really smart. Yeah. And a lot of like, whether they'd be in real estate, uh, VC, venture, venture capital, financing, that kind of stuff. Uh, or thinking big. Like, I never had an issue thinking big, obviously, but just like taking those kind of things and reframing them to see if I could, if there's anything that I missed yeah. in that kind of process. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so I did that and I've been really on that recently and I've, you know, learning a couple new languages. Um, so in the, like in the times where you think that you don't have anything to do, that's actually the, that's the devil's biggest lie Yeah. <laughs> because there's always something you can do. Yeah. And remember you and I talked a few days ago, because SD was a big win. Yeah. Like it was a really big win. But what am I going to do to stack my next win on top of that? Right. And although you may not have the direction of where you're going yet, mm. you can do things in the interim to sharpen your tools in order to get to that next win. Right. Because you don't know what it's going to be. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Yeah. But if you kind of take the mindset that you're going to better yourself in every sense of the word, you are you are undoubtedly going to be a better person than you were yesterday. Yeah. And the investment in yourself will always, always pay dividends. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've realized and thinking to myself, like, look, my days are consumed not only with like work stuff, but now with development stuff. And I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like this kind of those things. And in that context of faith, that's how I kind of take Romans eight twenty eight to be. And that's my, one of my favorite verses. And you and I talked about what our favorite verses were the yeah. other day. And like in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Yeah. And in all things, all things means good or bad. Right. And he's going to work for the good for you in good and in bad. And it, it really, it really sets your, sets your mind a different way. Like, okay, what can I be doing to be getting better right now? Yeah. Like, and look, I mean, I thought to myself, okay, what can I do to get it better with getting better now? Then look where I am. I'm on a podcast with you. I'm on the former athlete podcast. <laughs> I'm flattered, but yeah, no, to build off of that though, I think as, um, as the chapter of, of sports or athletics come to a close in some person's life, I think just being mindful of like taking all of that, uh, just all of that, uh, momentum or, or all the energy that you have put toward, um, you know, said sport or game or whatever it is and transferring that mm -hmm. into then like personal life, you know, whether it be, kind of as you were saying, um, just self-development, personal growth, things like that, learning something new, sharp, keeping your mind sharp. Um, I know a lot of people, when I went to community college, there were people that were, you know, a little bit older, and it was like, hey, you know, like, why are you taking this class? They're like, you know, I just want to, I just want to, you know, keep learning. Yeah. And never stop learning. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's, that's mm -hmm. incredible. And even one of the, one of the professors at, at the, uh, the Bible college, I got to know at the seminary, yeah, that's one thing he always says is like, you never stop learning. As long uh, as you want no. to, you never stop learning. So no, dude, that's awesome. And that's, that's a really, um, that's a really awesome story. Cause Thank you. I mean, you, you see a lot of stories like yours in movies, but it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty rare that you actually get to meet someone that has that story. So yeah, dude, thank you well, for sharing that. all of that. And, uh, and yeah, if there's anything else you wanna you wanna plug, I see you got the the three nails hat. We were talking about that the other day. Yeah, so 
I currently am ambassador for these people. Yeah, I DM yeah. them the other day, like, yo, I, I'm going on the podcast. I really like you guys need to up the up the percentage <laughs> of what my discount code is, and yeah. they haven't gotten back to me yet. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, I mean, one one thing that I definitely should impart, I wouldn't be doing my role as a, I believe a Christian should be a faith is to really, really recognize whether it's non-believers or believers alike that God and Jesus really does love you. And if I were to mention like that kind of thing in another form, maybe somebody wouldn't understand it, uh-huh. but it's cause it's tough to try and like talk to people who may or may not have a differing, differing worldview about certain things. But um, like the, like the area that I've gotten into recently is apologetics and cross examined is a really awesome YouTube channel that yeah, kind yeah. of talks about it. I love Frank track and I'm reading a book called uh, who moved the stone right now. Yeah. And I'm on chapter four, and it's a really awesome, insightful book. And the guy who wrote it was an atheist in the beginning of his life and continued to be. But then he, as he examined this thing, he was writing a book. Like the original purpose of Who Moved the Stone was originally intended to be a, like to prove against Christianity, to right. prove that Jesus didn't exist and he didn't raise from the dead. But it turns out he looked at all the evidence from like a very legal, objective perspective and yeah. ended up becoming a Christian as right. a result. Yeah, and so like I just wanted to take the opportunity. It's like, look, I didn't do anything. It was God through me. Like yeah. I was just accomplishing and gl- glory to Him. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that's how that's the new thought process that I'm taking into this next stage of my life. Like, I know I can do anything when I put my mind to it, uh-huh. and I'm gonna. I know I can do it when I've uh, God like helping me with it. Yeah, because like it's just if I give him glory he will do it like he will help me right and that's just the most amazing thing that I could ever impart on somebody and I'm really really blessed to have an opportunity to do that yeah no that's awesome dude but uh but yeah so you know with that being said Chris I I thank you again for for coming on and 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 reaching out to me to be on the show it's uh it's been an honor and uh I think we've struck up uh, quite a friendship here just through this so uh absolutely absolutely so yeah dude Thanks for uh, being on, and and as to the listener, thanks for listening, and uh, stay tuned. You never know who's going to be on next. Peace. Right on. Awesome.